welcome everybody to the Super Upper Punch Podcast. And today we have a very special guest uh, all the way from uh, Connecticut. It is John Thomas, uh, the founder of Tap Cancer Out. How you doing, John? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, first off, uh, let's just talk about uh, a little bit about Tap Cancer Out. For those of you that uh, don't know that are listening, could you just give us a little background on what Tap Cancer Out is? Yeah, sure. So um, it was it was just an idea. Obviously, when I first um, first thought of it back in 2010, I um, my nephew Michael um, had fought bravely um, with leukemia, and he was diagnosed at three months old. Um, passed away at nine months old. Um, so, um, that was, that was pretty hard. I mean, that was back in 2006. And, um, of course other family members and friends, um, have had their battles, um, with cancer and some have won and some have lost. So, um, it's something that's touched me personally. And I know it's something that's touched everybody personally in one way or another. We all have our stories. So, um, I really wanted to figure out sort of a way to fight back. I had been training jujitsu for two years at the time and I'd been to a bunch of tournaments and was watching the sport grow, um, right before my eyes and, you know, saw lots of people at these tournaments, but really no philanthropic presence anywhere. Um, and so that was sort of, uh, my opportunity, uh, to combine my love for, um, jujitsu. And I, I guess you could say my hatred for cancer, <laughs> um, and turn it into turn it into something that the whole jujitsu community um, would hopefully embrace, and it would also be a way to show people sort of what the sport of jujitsu, and more importantly, the community of uh, jujitsu practitioners is sort of made up of. Because um, I, it was, you know, I've done all the sports imaginable growing up, but I was surprised that jujitsu was really where I found the best sportsmanship ever um and sort of a you know a lot of my jiu-jitsu friends now uh, i first met because we faced off against each other in a tournament so um you know it's it's a it's a close-knit community um but but sort of within a misunderstood sport so i wanted to change that perception um a little bit as well and so i thought um you know that that was sort of an opportunity to do that um as well you know so doing that all while um helping support organizations um, who are funding cancer research and other um, sort of vital cancer services. Of course, I didn't know what Tap Cancer Out actually was. I just knew I wanted to do something. It, it definitely took us a while to, to hit our stride and to sort of figure out the best way to empower the jiu-jitsu community to, to raise money. Um, so that, that took a little feeling out process, but it was just sort of something I wanted to um, – fail fast and just just start running and sort of figure it out along the way cool cool and uh particularly about the whole uh, uh closeness and the brotherhood of jiu-jitsu i definitely know what you're talking about with that i know uh, most of the people that i train with they go from uh choking each other to then uh hey you want to be the best man at my wedding so i definitely understand yeah. that a whole uh the whole brotherhood of jiu-jitsu and how that community uh, can be so tight knit and it could rally around something like this. Um, I know, uh, I personally have had uh, cancer affect me and my family. And I know several other people that I've trained with, whether it's in jujitsu or other martial arts as well, that, uh, uh, you know, cancer has affected them. It's one of those things that it's, it's a universal hatred. Uh, and, uh, 
it's amazing that you guys have been able to uh, get so much uh, funding for this. I know you've worked with a couple of different organizations. I know most recently you were working with uh, Alex's Lemonade Stand. Is that correct? Yeah, so they're our beneficiary for 2018, 2019. So when we started, I couldn't even get, you know, any of these organizations on the phone. Like they didn't they didn't want to hear from a jujitsu uh, nonprofit that sort of didn't have all their um, uh, stuff together, if you know what I mean. I got you. Uh, so I was just trying to just sort of figure it out along the way. Luckily, so my nephew had leukemia and we were able to connect with the local Connecticut chapter um, of the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Um, and they were happy to, to have us, of course, because I said, you know, we're going to try to raise money and I want to give it all to you. So, you know, they're like, eh, sounds good to me. Uh, just, just let us know how we can help. And um, it wasn't until 2012 where we sort of figured out the, the tournament structure. Um, I had actually done something called team and training um, for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society where you run, um, it was a half marathon and um, you know, they give you a lot of opportunities to train with other people um, within, you know, to get ready for the half marathon. I didn't necessarily take part in that, but the, the fundraising structure was what really struck me. So I had to commit to raising a thousand dollars. But as long as I did, you know, they, they got me a hotel um, right next to the race the night before we had a big like team dinner and they, they, they fed all of us. Um, they paid for my entry to the race and, you know, I got to all these perks, so to speak. And so, um, and it, and it really, you know, motivated me and, uh, it was a great experience. And I, I just sort of wondered why we couldn't apply that same concept to jujitsu, especially because, you know, a lot of people wish they could compete more, but it's so sort of cost ineffective, it, you know, not, you don't know a lot of people who are doing tournaments every single weekend because it's 60, 70, 80, hundred dollars a pop Exactly on yeah. top of, you know, on top of their membership fee, which is not cheap either. So it's, you know, it's, it's pretty difficult for people to afford a lot of tournaments. So this actually gives people a way that if they raise $250, they can compete for free. And then if they hit 400, they get an exclusive fundraiser shirt that you can only um, get if you raise $400, you hit $600, you get, um, a fifty dollar item from our store, whether it be a hoodie or a rash guard or whatever, and, and we have some other um, um, items that are always sort of being added to that as well. Our top four fundraisers all get a free tap cancer out inverted gear gi. So you know, people are obviously doing this out of the kindness of their heart, but there's some perks as well, um, and, and you know, we give back to them to thank them for their efforts too. So it, it's a sort of a it's a win win proposition for them and it allows people to get involved and and compete in more tournaments at least compete in ours for free which you can't really do in many other tournaments yeah yeah and uh you said that uh you started it in 2010 and then you started the the tournaments and i'm sorry you got to the tournament format in 2012 was that when you had your first uh yeah 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 so yeah, so I I just came up with the idea in 2010. It, there was a you know I I didn't know what it would be like. Would we just go to tournaments and like set up a table? And you know why would people give us money? Like how are we going to be different? Are we going to be just a, an apparel brand and sort of sell apparel? And um, which you know you see a lot of sort of brands like that within the cancer space too, and they have like catchy slogans and everybody wants to wear those things. So. Um, I, I didn't know exactly what it was. And, um, we actually, we went to an MMA show and 
basically like nobody was interested and <laughs> wow. it, it was really hard. You know, like we sold like two shirts. I mean, so we had really had to find our niche. And so we spent sort of all 2011 figuring that out and, you know, make phone calls and trying to set up partnerships and uh, things like that. And um, it was actually because a lot of tournament organizations didn't want to give us a table unless we'd pay, you know, $500. And if I'm, you know, I sold two t-shirts at the last, you know, tournament that or uh, MMA show that I went to, you know, how am I going to afford $500 to buy a table at your tournament? So I told my instructor that, and he's like, well, you know, screw those guys. Why don't you just host your own tournament? And I was like, um, yeah, I guess I could. It's fun. I'll never forget. He's like, you know, when all's said and done, you could probably raise, you know, like, uh, and, th- and this was just if we were accepting registration fees or whatever. We hadn't really thought about the fundraising part, but he's like, you could raise like $5,000. And it, when he told me that, my mind, my head exploded. I was like, oh my God, that's so much money. I, I just, I can't imagine it. And, you know, our, our next tournament, we're, our goal is to raise 225000 yeah. So, uh, we've, we've come a, a very long way. And, um, and supported, you know, you asked about the organizations that didn't really hit it, but we start, so we started with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, and then, you know, we, we wanted to make sure we were connecting, um, and affecting the fight against cancer in a lot of different ways. So that meant supporting a lot of different organizations, but I didn't want to do a lot all at once. I wanted to really have a focused effort, um, which, you know, helps our fundraisers focus their message as well. So, we started with Leukemia Lymphoma Society, then went to St. Baldrick's Foundation, then uh, the, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, and then most recently, um, Alex's Lemonade Stand. So our tournament in San Diego this past January was our first tournament um, to benefit them. So, uh, and they've been, been great already, and um, it's, it's a really awesome partnership so far. And we're looking forward to the next two years with them. So that's pretty great that you guys are not just uh, focusing on one type of cancer. You're trying to raise money for as many organizations as possible. Um, One thing I'm surprised is you mentioned before that when you first started out that you didn't get much uh, support or or much uh, uh, hear back from a lot of these other cancer organizations. And I'm I'm surprised because I assume, uh, oh, these are people trying to give us money for cancer research. Let's just hear at least what they have to say. Did that surprise you at all when you were starting out? Uh, yeah, it, it definitely did. And, um, you know, even trying, even after we had, um, worked with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, it was still hard to get people on the phone. And wow. we had in our, our first, like after our first tournament, we gave Leukemia Lymphoma Society 26,000. Um, and then the next year we gave them 60,000. So we had given them 86,000 over two years, which is not an insignificant amount of money, uh, considering <laughs> they really ha- they they didn't have to do anything. It's not like you know they have to come and and run our tournaments for us. You know we're we're pretty much we just go off and do our own thing and then send them a check. Not to say that they weren't helpful. I mean they were fantastic, um, but it, you know the beneficiary organization doesn't have to do a ton. But so even after that, you know people were like, so explain to me what Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is, and um, you know they they just they were afraid and sort of still are afraid to be necessarily connected with um, something like jujitsu that's sort of misunderstood and, you know, ancillarily connected to uh, MMA and, you know, blood and all that stuff. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's sort of untraditional for sure, but our results speak for themselves. And 
Um, and and the, the people and the amazing, you know, you know, I, I do my own fundraising, but I am a, a super minor part uh, of all of this in terms of like raising funds. I've never even been the top fundraiser at our own tournament. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it, in seeing what like in hearing all the amazing stories from our fundraising and seeing all of the generosity from them and even from our partners who have worked with us, it's just like, it's, it's unbelievable how the jujitsu community has, um, has really supported us in so many different ways and rallied around this cause and sort of turned it into their own thing. It's not my thing anymore. It's all of ours. Um, and so that's pretty amazing. And that's really what I tried to get across um, to these organizations. And, and truth be told, our, this past fall, we, we put a request for proposal to a number of different organizations, um, probably two dozen um, to see if they would be, you know, interesting, interested in partnering with us. We didn't hear back from all of them, but the ones we did hear back from and the ones that responded um, to our uh, proposal, uh, they were amazing. And we, we narrowed it down to four finalists, um, and then I had meetings with all four. And it, it was incredibly difficult to uh, pick a winner. And, and Alice's Lemonade Stand ultimately was that winner, but... You know, there are so many amazing organizations doing amazing things um, to fund cancer research and help families, you know, who are, um, you know, supporting, uh, who, who are fighting cancer. It, because it's not just the person who has cancer that's affected. It's their whole world. It's Absolutely. their whole family. Um, so it's just even just seeing all the different programs um, beyond just cancer research, the different programs that are helping people um, deal with this disease in so many different ways. Um, everything like we, we, we spoke with an organization that does, you know, camps for kids with, um, who are battling cancer, a number of different types of cancer. So we thought that might be an interesting way to help fight this disease too, you know, giving these kids a way to enjoy, um, the, the time that they have. So there's a lot of different ways beyond cancer research, although we do try and fund that for sure. But, um, yeah, so, but we've now really hit our stride for sure. We've been doing this for six years, so um, now it's it's actually uh, incredibly difficult to pick that um, orga- our, our next organization. So I'm, I'm happy we we found Alex's Lemonade Stand, and I can at least avoid that for another year and a half until we have to go through that process again. You avoided a, a problem longer down down the line. At least you have it figured out for now. That's good. Uh, so let's talk about <laughs> yes, your exactly. uh, let's talk about your personal martial arts story. Uh, you said you uh, of course trained in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, who are you training under right now? Yep. I train under Luigi Mondelli at uh, American Top Team in Danbury, Connecticut. Awesome. So, yeah, um, it, I, I sort of, I probably found jujitsu in the same way a lot of people did. So I was 28 at the time and was just sort of doing the gym thing. Um, you know, I played sports and uh, all throughout school and throughout college. I actually played volleyball, um, which you know not a lot of people play, but. Um, and it was just increasing. You can't find pickup volleyball games like you can, you know, men's basketball leagues and things like that. So Especially not in Connecticut. To... It's a, not, not too many exactly. beaches around just... Connecticut. No, it's, yeah. And so, you know, I tried as best I could, but eventually I was playing in like one tournament a year. And I was like, you know, I, I really want to compete, but I don't, you know, I want to find a sport where I don't also have to find six other guys who play very specific positions and, do very specific things to all drive to some random town and do a, you know, have a tournament throughout the day. And 
I was, uh, so I was basically just, you know, going to the gym and lifting and doing all that, but it was pretty lonely and boring. And I, I just wanted something new. I was very much a, an MMA fan and that's where sort of versus and the WEC really hit its stride back then. And so I was watching a ton of Uriah Faber and, and all that stuff. And, uh, and One of you know, greatest. I was like, man, I, yeah, like I'd love to get in shape like these guys. I don't want to get into the ring. Um, but I kind of want to like, do what they, you know, train like they train. How do I do that? And so I just sort of looked into it and it seemed like jujitsu offered me that opportunity to um, get in shape sort of in a different way, um, but also be able to compete at tournaments where I don't have to depend on anyone else. Like I don't even have to have a coach there. You know, I just have to sign my name on the dotted line and go. And so that sort of appealed to me as well, but I you still have a team, you know, you still have these people who you're training with day in and day out and learning from, and you represent a team when you go to these places, which was important to me too. Um, but you know, I could still compete sort of as, as much as I wanted to, as much as I dared to. Um, so I, uh, you know, I did my intro class. I, I was actually talking to somebody about this recently. Like I, I, remember vividly that intro class in my very first day of jujitsu and sort of how many people have come and gone. And, um, you know, it was, it was so long ago and I was so green and knew nothing and, um, a brown belt now. And, um, it's, it's been a fun journey, you know, through getting married and I now have two kids and it's definitely a, a much different training schedule than I had when I first started. Do your kids um, do uh, jujitsu still- as well? No, not yet. Uh, my <laughs> son is, uh, my son's four and my daughter's one and a half. So a little too Although young I, to be it, ripping arm bars yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, we have four year olds at our tournaments and stuff, but he, he's shown no interest in it thus far. And, uh, Danbury is actually pretty far from where I live. So, um, I don't want to have him trapped in the car for like 45 minutes each way to get there. So it, it hasn't really presented itself. Um, and so it, we've just left it. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We're not really forcing him into it. So, um, but although you know, it's just just uh, just looking at both my kids, I think my daughter's the one who's going to get into it um, really quickly. She's an animal. So, uh, my son's pretty athletic, but she's at one and a half. She's absolutely crazy, and she just follows her brother, and um, they're just crazy together. So, uh, I'm sure they'll get into it uh, at some point, but. You know, it's it's still the same sport. It's it's very different. You know, there's a lot of different guards and you know a lot of different people who are innovating, which is also sort of interesting. You're not learn. It's not it's not a finite sport. You're always learning new things and new ways and new methods and um, and always meeting new people. And it's and I've also enjoyed seeing how the sport um, has sort of become a little more welcoming to cross training and things like that. And now being part of Tap Cancer Out, I, I sort of. I can drop in on schools and, and meet them and sort of tell them a tap kids crowd. And I love doing that and love meeting people. And, but you know, when you started back when I started back in 2008, it wasn't really a thing to drop, to, to train with other people at other schools, but I'm glad to see that it's sort of um, becoming a more connected sport in that sense, um, because it only helps tap kids out become more and more um, effective as people sort of connect with each other and, um, sort of unite their efforts to, to fundraise and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I've had my fair share of injuries and, and all those things. My fingers are mangled. I have cauliflower ear and all that stuff, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it at all. 
um, it's uh, it's been very good to me, and it's it's created this path uh, in life for me as well, um, which is it, it's pretty incredible. So yeah, yeah, and uh, you touched on just the evolution of of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I know, like, just from when I first trained, I remember also my first class. I think everyone that is in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. they definitely vividly remember their first class. And uh, yeah. just uh, watching grappling tournaments from then to now, just, you know, like the evolution of now people going for leg locks and then how, you know, uh, uh, the Imanari role was, like, huge for, like, a little bit and then that goes away and they're yeah. like, oh, no, yeah. son, it's all about knee bars now. <clears throat> and just that that uh, incredible progression. And also just tournament styles in general, excuse me, um, just how now uh, uh, the EBI rules have gotten so big and now combat jujitsu is uh, growing in popularity. Uh, you guys work on the point system, right? Yeah, we're, we're um, identical to the IBJJF um, rule system and the format and sort of the way that they run their tournaments. Yeah. Um, have you guys thought just- about uh, adapting uh EBI rules. Uh, for those of you that don't know that are listening, EBI rules are just, uh, they don't have a point system. It's basically just submission only and then uh, a time limit. And if nobody wins after that time limit, then they go into uh, certain positions where one person is maybe uh, on the back or maybe they start uh, with uh, uh, almost a full arm bar in and then they go from there and it's uh, who can get a uh, submission there or who can escape the quickest. So uh, have you guys thought about playing around with something like that or does the uh, point system uh, work better for you guys and for our sort of traditional tournament format no it's, it's not appealing I, we're trying to you know I, these are the tournaments that i want you know hundreds and hundreds of people at we'll have well this will be our first tournament where I actually sell out i'm gonna we only have the gym for one day so um you can only have so many matches in that one day um so we'll have I'll have to cap it at 800 registrants. We had 711 last year. So, um, you know, the, so the tournaments are starting to get big and, and it's just, you have to cater to as many people as you can. So like you see a lot of sub only, you know, uh, amateur tournaments popping up, but they just, they don't draw enough people because it's sort of a niche, um, type of tournament and it definitely caters to certain people and people love it and they live and die by it. And that's totally fine. I, I get that. Um, but you know, we want to get, um, as many people as we can for these tournaments. Now that's not to say they're the, this is the only type of tournament we'll ever do. You know, we want to do a lot of different things. So, uh, you know, in, in the future, I would love to have a lot more of these tournaments and we will be adding a lot more, um, this year. Um, uh, but you know, we also have like a grapple found program, which is where schools, um, who would like to support us in a way that's sort of outside the tournament construct, they can, you know, have a three or four hour event at their school and um, they can do all the same sort of fundraising elements, but it's more of like a seminar open mat type thing. Um, So that's another way that we raise funds. And a third way, more closely related to the tournaments, um, you see fight to win um, doing amazing things. And I've spoken um, with Mike from fight to win and sort of picked his brain a little bit. And I've always been intrigued with, that format as well. So separate from our just amateur tournaments, also having, you know, a night where there might be 20 quote, quote unquote super fights. I hate calling them super fights. Cause like some of the guys are blue belts and I, you know, <laughs> that, I don't know, that, but, but, you know, just getting people because it's not about like the, the most talented, you know, I want the people who are passionate about, you know, raising funds and, 
Um, and you know, obviously we want, we would want compelling matches. Um, but you know, um, putting together a card now, do I want to be a matchmaker? I'm not sure. Cause we've had like two super fights ever in our tournaments and trying to find to match up opponents was like a nightmare. So, um, I don't, I don't know about me being the matchmaker, how intriguing that is, but it is intriguing to just have a night of those, um, super fights and, you know, the, the, the people, the, the actual competitors would be the, the primary fundraisers. And so, you know, we'd have sort of a higher threshold instead of $250, maybe it's, you know, you commit to raising $2,000, but you're going to, you're going to show up and you're going to be, you know, on this beautiful stage under the lights and streamed live and all this stuff. And so it's, it's pretty compelling and, you know, having an audience there and tables and sort of the same thing. And it's interesting. It's just a different it's just a different method of putting together a tap cancer out event. So we're always trying to think of like new and and different ways to put together fundraising events. I don't think our format for the actual larger amateur tournaments um, that, you know, that have 600, 700, 800 people will have a different point system. We even used to do gi and no gi, but no gi was just not as big of a draw. People would, you know, drop out after doing no gi and, um, a lot of people were did not want to do no gi if it was IBJJF rules, so it just became a little too difficult and not as rewarding for us. So that's why we switched to just yi, and then we added kids. Um, so you know we have as young as four, all the way up to as old as you want to be. Um, so yeah, you know uh, tap cancer out will definitely evolve and change um, over the years, especially this year um, and beyond. So, um, but. I, I, especially for like a spectator sport, I, I totally agree. Like I don't like amateur tournaments, like the worlds and stuff. I don't watch those. I don't know. I, I just, I have a, unless it's somebody I'm a huge fan of, mm-hmm. um, not watching a lot of those, but I love watching EBI. I would never want to compete in an EBI because that's <laughs> just not style. Um, that's not what I train to do, but and everybody's a, a killer a in those EBIs as well sport. too. Those EBI yeah, competitors like, are horrible. Yeah, it, it's just I, I totally agree that it's a better spectator sport. Yes. Um, if you if you're not trying to keep track of points or things like that, I don't know if that appeals to people or not. Like jujitsu is a very difficult spectator sport. Like my parents can't come and watch jujitsu matches; they have no idea what's going on. They don't even know if I've won or lost until they raise the hands <laughs> at the end. So, you know, if you want as many viewers as possible, you have to make it easy to understand what's going on. And jujitsu is a very complex sport, so. I totally agree that like I'm way more intrigued by uh, EBI in that style than just the traditional um, like uh, tournament with you know points and hundreds of matches and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm surprised that uh, you didn't have more people competing in nogi. Uh, I know uh, when I was training at my at the most heavily, uh, you couldn't pay me to put on the pajamas, man. I just hated putting on the gi because right. I would come home with you know like like burns from the gi on my neck, and then my then girlfriend was like, <laughs> "Who have you been making out with?" I know you weren't training, and then I gotta explain that away. So, yeah, I'm surprised. I, I was always just more of a fan of nogi, but I mean, you know, maybe the scene is different uh, at uh, at the competition level but uh real quick i want to also uh talk to you about uh some of the uh grappling organizations and uh jiu-jitsu organizations that you've uh, worked with i know you said that uh you have now uh geese through uh inverted gear uh what are some yeah. of the other companies or maybe some of the other uh jiu-jitsu or mma personalities that you guys have had the pleasure of working with oh man 
this sucks because I'm going to forget people. So <laughs> I will like immediately apologize for, for people who are like, you know, over the, there have been so many people who have helped us over the years, sort of a lot of people just behind the scenes, like mentoring me, um, in just on like how to host tournaments because, you know, but I don't come from like a background of hosting tournaments. Like the, the first tap cancer out BJJ open was the first tournament I ever ran. And I was just sort of doing it from memory from what I saw at other tournaments. Like, I, I think this is how you do it. And I was <laughs> familiar with how brackets work and things like that, but we were like handwriting the brackets. It was, it was well organized ultimately, but you know, it was, it was pretty difficult. Um, Nelson at inverted gear. Yeah. They were the Nelson and Hillary were the first to step up and sort of say like, we're a brand and they were actually just emerging at the same time too. Um, and they're like, you know, we want to help you. And, um, and I had no idea how to like get a gi made. So they were like, you know, we, we have all those hookups, let's make a gi and, and we'll design it and it'll be co-branded. And, um, and we've been working with them ever since, you know, we've come out with, uh, we'll, it started with white, then went black. Now we have gray and blue and some, you know, some are lightweight and, um, and, but they're, they're all great. You know, Invertigy was my favorite key. And so it was awesome to actually start working with them for, for Tap Cancer Out. Um, but even things like our printer, um, Carlos at Incafi, he's out of Massachusetts, but he randomly called me one day. Um, and I don't even know how he found my number, but he, you know, he called me and said, you know, I saw that you're making some t-shirts. I'd love to help you out. You know, I, we're a printer, you know, just like everybody else, but I train jujitsu and I sort of get the jujitsu scene because I was just making them on like custom ink and getting charged in crazy um, prices. So, and he's, he's helped us out ever since everything other than rash guards and geese. Um, he prints everything, t-shirts and hats and all that stuff. He's actually a board member now. Wow. Um, my instructor, yeah, my instructor, uh, Luigi, he's a board member too. You know, he's, he's been in the sport for so long and knows so many people. And um, I turn to him a lot just, just about, you know, um, all sorts of different advice that, that he imparts and people, he, you know, I ask him to connect me with, he does. And, um, you know, and then even to the, the random things like going to, when we go out to San Diego, just seeing like Clark Racy come and coach his guys, um, seeing, um, uh, uh, oh, uh, Hanato Laranjo, oh, Dean, Dean Lister. Okay. He comes to coaches the guys too. And that's amazing. And, uh, but Hanato Laranja came in to our very first tournament out in California. He drove like two hours Holy through hell. massive traffic and he came and it was, you, you like, he's like, he's a rock star. You know, he walked <laughs> in and people swarmed him and he was like yelling at them for not buying more shirts and, <laughs> you know, and helping them. And it, it was amazing. It, it was perfect. And, and, you know, he, he took time out of it. He was actually supposed to be at another tournament. And he came to ours first, you know, and he's out of LA. So he drove down to San Diego, came to our tournament first and then went to another one. And so it's been amazing. But, um, the, the guys, um, at five grappling who run five grappling, they were very instrumental in just giving me advice. Um, uh, Ricardo, who I talked to, uh, a lot and, um, Everybody there, you know, just giving me advice on, on how to run tournaments and connecting me with people. Um, Paul Moran from Open Mat Radio, uh, he uh, he's he was one of the first podcast appearances I've ever made. 
Um, but he's connected me with so many different people, even just bringing a tournament to Buffalo, his hometown. He connected me with a lot of people. Like I could go on and on. I'll, I'll stop for the sake of the listeners, but yeah. I, I, no, no, please I, I go on. We, we have, uh, yeah. these people want to know this. That's why I have you on. They want to know all the connects because yeah. they're probably trying to know where to train and who to call to so that they can start their own organization. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, we work with, uh, Alberto, uh, Marchetti at Manto. So Manto makes our rash guards. They've just made our, our newest backpack. Um, Very so, nice. uh, yeah, so he's he's been there since day one, making stuff for us and and sort of advising me on what our e-commerce sort of strategy is in general. Because I don't know, I don't know anything about selling all this stuff, and and he's got uh, he's got a lot going on up there with Manto and um, some of the other brands he works with, and um, so he was actually instrumental in uh, him and uh, Aaron who uh, run. Uh, BJJ HQ and MMA HQ. I was just a fan of those sort of uh, daily deals and was buying a lot of their gear and asked if they would ever let Tap Cancer Out sort of be one of those daily deals. And they did. And so we just put one of the t-shirts that I designed, which was like one of my favorites, but still pretty like basic and threw it up there and it sold like crazy. Oh, um, Seymour, aka uh, Seymour Yang, Mirkatsu, the designer um, out of the UK who designed, you know, tons of amazing artwork, jujitsu-inspired artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, he designed a T-shirt from us. We worked with him and Scramble, um, and they uh, he designed a T-shirt that has easily been our best-selling T-shirt of all time. Like people absolutely love it. It's, you know, amazing Asian-inspired um, art and. It's it's crazy. I wish he designed more uh, because it's such an amazing seller. But um, yeah, he, he's been great. Just so many so many random people who have reached out and just said like, "Hey, I want to help." Like Fight Soap would come to our tournaments and just sell everything, everything that they sold. They would just hand literally hand over all the cash. So they would sell as much as they can and just hand over all the cash. That's you know, incredible. that was amazing because they've also spend the whole day selling their stuff too, which is you know. Um, sacrificing Saturday um, to do that, but also um, my my team, of course, like the people who help run the tournaments. Shannon from Montalayao has been at every single tournament except for our, I think, our first one, our first or second one. And uh, like, I have to have her. I fly her in from Canada for every single tournament because she runs. She knows how to run tournaments better than I do. So you know, we invest. You know, the thing about our tournament is we invest in making sure it's not only the most philanthropic tournament out there, um, but one of, one of, if not the best run tournaments out there as well. So I'm, you know, the, the fundraising thing, we're always trying to optimize and, um, but also just how we run our tournaments, we're always trying to get better. Um, Smooth comp is a, they're out of um, Europe, but they are a, uh, basically a tournament management system. Um, so not a lot of people think about these things because they don't run tournaments, but um, you sort of need a management system to do the brackets. And um, they just reached out to me out of the blue and said, we want to give you our software for free. You never have to pay us. Wow. That's um, incredible. You, so that, yeah. So, so we, we went out and bought, you know, TVs and laptops and stuff. And so now we went from those flip, just like flip scoreboards, um, to these beautiful uh, 32 inch uh, LED scoreboards that we have, you know, running on this totally interconnected system. So it's just amazing because, 
um, you know, they, they could be making a lot of money off of us on that. Cause I would, I would pay for uh, an amazing service like that. But they said, no, just, just use it for free. And, um, we want to help you. And, and, you know, they are the scoreboards behind the ADCC and a lot of the biggest tournaments out there. And they're, they're doing a lot more in the U S as well. So, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but, uh, and, and just all the, all the people who helped me bring, um, tournaments to cities as well. You know, when we go, uh, especially our first time in a city, I don't know anybody and, and we're going to try to take this thing on tour. I, I, I'm not telling a lot of people this, but I guess I'm telling a lot of people right now, um, <laughs> in the fall, you know, cause usually we just do like five tournaments. We did five tournaments last year and we spread them out every two to three months because tap cancer out was not my full-time job. I was just doing it, you know, uh, late nights and weekends and I would have to take vacation days to go set up for a tournament and things like that. But, uh, I'm actually transitioning to tap cancer out full time this summer. And we're going to go on a little mini tour, seven cities in eight weeks. We're still a lot of the planning stages, but these are all going to be, and I don't want to name any of the cities because if we don't go to one, then I'll feel bad. But, um, I, you know, these, will all be cities that I really don't know anybody in, you know, maybe one school here or there, you know, a couple people who might've bought a shirt or something. So, um, but just historically, like when we went to Philly, um, Jared Wiener and the guys from BJJ United, like they were a math and tack team, which is the, the affiliation that they're part of. Like I called him up and said, you know, I'm, I'm bringing a tournament to Philly. I really don't know anybody our first tournaments are usually small when we come to a city, usually about 150 people, but I'd love to, you know, have your support. Cause I know you got a lot of schools and stuff there. And he's like, absolutely. He's like, if you want me to do a super fight too, I'll do it. And, uh, and you know, a lot of people will come just for that. Or my students will come just to be a part of that and we'll compete too. And they ended up he, I, dozens and dozens of people. Um, and instead of 140 people at the tournament at our first, uh, Philly tournament, we had over 400. So, wow, that's incredible. Uh, or, yeah, so it, it's, it, it was incredible. And so just the people who sort of welcome us into their city, everybody in, in Buffalo, at, at Buffalo United, and, um, they were sort of our host school, um, up there and just all these, all these people who welcome us to their city and sort of help us put that first tournament on, um, and, you know, send volunteers and send competitors and rally their schools around this idea of fundraising. Because also, you know, when we go to a new city, no one's going to understand this concept of fundraising for a jiu-jitsu tournament. They're going to be like, don't, don't you just pay an entry fee and, you know, whatever. But, um, it's sort of a new concept and we need people at the school sort of rallying everybody and like, you know, we want to fundraise. It could be for free. We want to fundraise as a team too, and let's win that team fundraise team uh, award. Uh, out in San Diego, a school uh, called the Stronghold, um, they've won our team fundraising prize every single year we've been out there, four years straight. Um, and they're not the biggest school out there too. Yeah, so like they just embrace it. They're always uh, the first ones to register. They're they're usually. Um, emailing me if we have an open registration as soon as we said we would. They're like, hey, we're ready to go. Let's go. Come on. I want to do this. So, um, yeah, it's just all that sort of support um, that that comes organically um, that, that's been amazing. It sounds like the uh... – you sa- you found the uh, the perfect uh, pairing of something that a lot of people care about, and then uh, a community 
that is very, very close there. I know we touched on the uh, the closeness yeah. of the mm-hmm. jujitsu community, but then on top of that, like we said, something that affects everyone. Uh, and now they all are like, well, we're, we have to come out for this. And it's, it's great that so many organizations, you know, at, when you're first starting out, you had to do all the work, but now all these organizations and individuals have been reaching out to you. So it's kind of like been uh, doing the work for you in, in a sense. The, the machine is now feeding itself. Yeah, uh, it, it, it has been, it's definitely been sort of the, the perfect marriage in that, you know, it's a, it's a sport that continues to grow in the schools. There's, there are many more schools, certainly many more than when I started. Um, and so the tournament scene is growing. Um, and also, you know, we're becoming more of a household name. So people are looking forward to our tournaments and are finding all these crazy ways um, to support us um, and, and fundraise. And it's, and they're uniting sort of as a team as well and sort of rallying behind it as a team. And like, we want to go to these tournaments as a team. We want to fundraise as a team. And um, it's a way that, that schools, you know, uh, it, it brings schools together um, as well, you know, the students within those schools. And, you know, it, it, it's also a way for, you know, a lot of these schools have stories that have like affected schools you know, like school-wide. So, you know, a number of times I've heard of schools who had a student who passed away from cancer. Mm. And so, you know, rallying as a team to fight at Tap Cancer Out is a way for them to celebrate their teammates. Um, And, you know, like one of the school owners, he lost his brother to cancer when they were very young. And so they're a school that supports that. I don't want to name it because I don't want to throw that out there. But, you know, they're a school that... um, that supports us all the time. So it's actually, it, it gives them sort of a platform to fight for the people within their school too. And, and the people that are fighting um, cancer or ha- who have fought cancer. And, um, you know, that just being, being the stories that I've heard are just have floored me, you know, and, and meeting these people who um, have battled cancer and were even competing after undergoing chemo. And I, a, a woman, Kristen, I'm like, she's amazing out in San Diego last year. She emailed me and she said, um, do you, do you have like free entry for people who have cancer? And I said, uh, I never thought about that, but of course, like, of course, if you want to come compete, I'm not, yeah, like, yeah, 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 of course, of course, of course. And you know, she, she had undergone chemotherapy for breast cancer. She had lost all her hair. Um, and she came out and fought in a purple belt and it was an amazing match. And, um, she had to go in for treatment not long after that and, and, and did her treatment all throughout the year and had some, you know, pretty rough surgeries and things like that. And this past tournament, she came back with a beautiful head of hair and she, she not only competed, uh, but she volunteered for us the whole day. And she was one of our most amazing volunteers. And she was like, Oh, you know, in, in just a few days, I get my port, my chemo port out. And, and it was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Like, so things that, yeah, like, wow. It, it's And, and uh, I've met a number of people like that. We had a guy, Dan Dion, uh, in, in, at our Massachusetts tournament who had cancer and had beat it. And so he fundraised and competed in our tournament. Then the cancer came back. So then he went through chemo and beat it again and then competed, fundraised and competed at the next tournament after that. So he had like, he, in between tournaments, he gets cancer. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. And, 
um, it's, it's very humbling for me as well. So I'm just trying to be a vehicle and, and you know, set up tap cancer out to be this vehicle to, um, allow people to celebrate, you know, those in their lives who are fighting or who have fought cancer, giving them a way to fight for others, you know, giving them a way to, to fund um, cancer research and feel like, you know, they're really making an impact and, and how we can all make an impact together as a jiu-jitsu community. That's incredible and uh, to hear all those stories and then for you to get the opportunity to see them. I mean, most people, uh, yeah. when they donate to a uh, cancer organization or any organization for any uh, sort of health issue, they normally don't get to see the people that they are affecting. But for them to say, oh, I'm going to donate to this, or I'm going to compete and I'm going to raise money. And then they could be fighting against someone that is also battling cancer. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and one of you know we 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 really try to make it as um, tangible as possible for people to see where their money is going, how it's affecting them. So when we worked with St. Baldrick, um, so we funded four different research grants. Two of those researchers came to our tournaments, one in Massachusetts and one in San Diego, and talked to our competitors before we started the tournament just about what their their research is funding, like what what our money from Tap Cancer Out is is actually doing in the world and how, you know, what they're researching and how they think that they might be able to, you know, affect the, the, the fight. And, um, you know, with, with Alex's lemonade stand, we will have a, a lemonade stand at every tournament. We always have a table for our beneficiaries at every single tournament. They always come. So you can always, you know, whether it was St. Baldrick or Pancreatic Cancer Action Network and now Alex's lemonade stand, you can always talk to somebody from the organization, um, get to know more, um, and you know, we'll bring in researchers, we'll bring in C- we, the CEO of, uh, of the pancreatic cancer action network. She came and, and spoke with, um, our competitors as well. So, you know, it's not just, Hey, give the money to tap cancer out. And I promise it's going somewhere good. It's like, no, this is, this is our beneficiary. This is exactly where it's going. These are the grants that, um, it's funding. This is the name of the person who received the grant and where they're, um, you know, where they are a doctor, uh, you know, what hospital they're at, what they're researching, like all that stuff. We try to drill all the way down um, so people can see and, and understand um, how they're making that impact. Because that's important to me, because that was sort of when I just growing up and when I would donate to things, it was it was difficult for me because I just wanted to know where my money was going. And I totally understand that from a donor and from a fundraiser and competitor perspective. So I try to give as much of that information um, as I can and let them sort of see behind the veil. And uh, yeah, so that's how we, we've tried to, we, we're radically transparent. It's sort of a, a, a stra- how, what we call our strategy and everything that we do, even like the behind the scenes of like tap cancer out. And like, this, this is how, like, this is my living room filled with 300 envelopes with posters that my wife and I just, you know, stuffed uh, over a four hour span. Like, you know, these are the things that you have to do to run the tournament. And that's what we're doing. Um, so, you know, we always try to let people in because this is as much their nonprofit as it is mine. Yeah. And you weren't kidding when you said, now this is your full-time job. You're just really uh, putting in yeah. the work now. <laughs> Uh, so as we're uh, winding yeah. down real quick, uh, I just wanted to ask you, uh, what do you see going forward for Tap Cancer Out? What's the uh, vision for the organization? Or is there any big plans you see on the horizon? I know you said that you are uh, trying to go to several other cities, maybe uh, international, maybe uh, new partners. What do you see in the future? Yeah, so uh, the biggest thing was um, 
is me going full time. So I'll be tap cancer out employee number one. It, you know, it only took me six years, but uh, <laughs> we finally got here. Um, but in order to do that, we can't just have five tournaments. Um, so we we actually we'll have to double our revenue um, or thereabouts um, from last year. So, um, but in order to do that, we'll have to have more events. You know, our gra- we'll have to um, have more grapple thons, which which obviously depends on how many people want to host a grapple thon, but. Um, so we'll host more tournaments. We'll sort of get into that tournament tour, um, you know, a, a new city every week sort of thing, which means we got to buy a truck. We got to get a trailer and, and we're doing all those things. But, um, we actually, so at the end of last year, we won a $25,000 Starbucks grant. Yes. Um, that was the, uh, us the, to, uh, upstanders yeah, so, series. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. That, that, that was crazy. Uh, it, not to go on too long about it, but we heard about, so it was a month long contest, but I didn't hear about it until, um, there were maybe six days left. And so I, I was going to training that night and I sort of that day at work, all I did was like think of the concept of the video and like sort of script it out a little bit. And, um, I went to train and we trained and then I said, uh, Hey guys, I know we all just had class, but I need everybody to stay for like another hour. Can you do that? Cause I need you to be in this video. Cause I can't do it by myself. And everybody stayed, every single person stayed. Incredible. And, uh, you know, we, and I got all of them into the video and, uh, I thought, you know, it was, it was, I wanted to make it funny, but I wanted to make it, you know, to show, sort of show people what jujitsu was all about, but also tell the story of tap cancer out. Um, you can, I mean, you can, find the video somewhere uh, hopefully but um, yeah, we'll put it in the it, link at the end it, yeah, yeah yeah awesome perfect yeah so um it came out really well you know i edited it till like uh 2 30 that morning and then submitted it and it wasn't just like submit and hope we win you had to be one of the top 40 um basically vote getters that the, this website had a weird algorithm of like how, who was going to be in the top 40 of these you know, thousands of videos. Um, and so from there we just unleashed uh, our, our community of supporters, you know, emailing and, and using social media. And, um, actually the la- the last night was October 31st was Halloween. And I remember going to bed, you know, even when we were trick or treating, I'm refreshing the site and like trying to see, you know, if we were in the top, cause all you can tell is if you're in the top 40, you don't know how far back you are although you can sort of look at the scores and say, okay, like we're a thousand behind the next guy or whatever. But um, when we went to bed, we were 39 and you just had to be top 40. And so we were 39. And then uh, when I woke up the next morning, we were 38. So that just meant you get into the finals and then there was a judging committee and they gave away 20, 25 of those 40 won a $25,000 grant. So I think that's $625,000 that, Starbucks gave to all these different um, nonprofits uh, to help them, you know, fund whatever they needed, you know, to, to help their organization grow. And so that, that was critical for us um, to, you know, get the, the truck and the trailer and take this thing on the road and go from five tournaments to 11 or 12 this year. And then, you know, maybe it's 20 next year. And so definitely more tournaments. Um, uh, hopefully blowing out the, the grapple fun and making it a lot more turnkey for people who may not be able to get to a tournament or want to do something, you know, when we're not, uh, anywhere near them at that time. Cause we really only go to a city once a year. Um, 
you know, they, they can help us out. But you, you said across the pond, I don't know how long it's going to take for us to have a tournament over there, but uh, we just had a grapple-thon in the UK, and it was a 24-hour grapple-thon. So grapple-thons can be anything. They can be three or four hours or 24 hours. They can be a long seminar or whatever. So this um, at Artemis BJJ, um, uh, they hosted, it was 24 hours and they basically just came and rolled and, and played games and slept at the gym. There's a video of them. If you go to our Instagram, you can see, uh, videos of people just sleeping on the mat. I think stuff, I did see that. They're dedicated. all in sleeping bags yeah. and with headbands on. That was pretty crazy. I've never done that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was amazing. And I know it was a little weird for us being like a U.S. organization and people, you know, donating and stuff, but, but they've, they were been amazing. And we actually had another uh, school in London who said they're on the other part of the uh, city and they said they want to host one too. Um, so they're doing one at the end of the month. Um, so that, you know, our grapple thons are another way that we can sort of expand across the entire world. You know, anybody can host an event like this. I set up uh, an event page for them on our fundraising platform, and then they just take it from there, and they can sort of make the the events whatever they want. And you know, I help them along the way and sort of give them advice and, and give them whatever they need and, and help them make it a successful event. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so we're excited um, because you know we can't be everywhere. You know, we can't get to every city. We can't certainly can't get to every country. Um, so, uh, the grapple thon. So ho- hopefully that, um, blows out as well. And who knows, we might have, you know, we might have a, a new format as well. We might add that super fight format. Um, I'm not sure, you know, we'll see what 2019, uh, holds, but for 2018, we've definitely got some pretty aggressive growth plans in terms of the tournaments. And we're, we're hoping to, uh, in the coming months, you know, drop the big, tap cancer out tour bomb sort of where we're going when we'll be there and and how much we want to raise um over those eight weeks so that's what we're looking forward to great man it sounds awesome so uh real quick what's the next event that you guys have lined up and uh you want to give the listeners any information uh people that might want to be uh uh, involved and people that might want to uh grapple or, or compete for sure, yeah. So it's our Connecticut tournament. This will be our seventh year. You know, I'm, I'm based in Connecticut, so our first one was at the high school right across the street from where I live. And, you know, it was very rinky-dink, and we ha- we borrowed wrestling mats, and I used painter's tape to, like, make rings. And um, it was the people were amazing who came and supported it, but, you know, we've gotten way bigger. So this is our seventh year in Connecticut, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll sell out. We're trying to raise uh, $225,000 in support of Alex's Lemonade Stand. It's on March 31st. And, yeah, it's the day before Easter. But March 31st, it's uh, in New Haven, Connecticut, so East Haven High School specifically. Um, but we're going to, you know, we'll have 800 competitors. We're going to sell out, so definitely um, get registered early. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty amazing day and, and certainly our biggest and most impactful tournament. So, uh, we're really looking forward to it. Great. Great. And, uh, before we go, uh, just let the listeners know where they could find you on social media, where they could donate, uh, your website, everything like yeah. that. Absolutely. org is the website. Go there for any tournament information. There's a big link right on the homepage, um, to get to the Connecticut tournament page. Um, you know, we're just at tap cancer out on Instagram. Um, 
Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere, and we're really active on those channels too. So you get to see a lot, uh, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, all the schools that I'm visiting, you know, all the um, sharing all the photos from the grapplethons that are happening. And, you know, when we have a, a tournament, we're sharing tons of content from the tournaments uh, while we're there. And, uh, and yeah, so if anybody ever wants to reach out to me directly, I'm just John, J-O-N, at tapcancerout.org. Um, always love uh, hearing from people, connecting with people. If you want to buy any merch from our store, um, there's a, if you just go to tapcancerout.org, there's a link on the page, or you can just type in store.tapcancerout.org, and it'll send you right there. We have hoodies, T-shirts, rash guards, geese, snapback hats. Uh, we just dropped a new a new uh, backpack, a collaboration with Manto. It's a huge a uh, really versatile backpack turns into a duffel bag. It's 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 everything you need to lug all of that jujitsu uh, stuff with you. So um, definitely, it, it came out really cool. So uh, definitely check that out. Awesome. Definitely, listeners, pick up all the merch that you possibly can. You know it's going to a good cause. Uh, John Thomas from Tap Cancer Out. Thank you so much for being a part of this, and uh, good luck and everything in the future. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one. So once again, thank you to our guest, John Thomas of Tap Cancer Out. Uh, if you want more information, as he said, you can go to tapcancerout.org, at Tap Cancer Out on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, definitely check out everything that they have. If you are in a city that they are uh, running an event, definitely try to see if you can participate. And if they're not running an event near you uh, and you are interested in seeing how you can get involved, please email them or at least buy the merch. I've seen all, a lot of the stuff that they have, those inverted gear geese that they have are excellent inverted gear always given out uh excellent uh material excellent products uh so uh once again uh this has been uh a gifted sounds podcast uh definitely check out uh, all the other shows that we have on the gifted sounds network check out music bay which i'm also a co-host on check out the defended which i'm also a co-host on but there are other shows that i'm not a co-host on uh, definitely check out Pondering Nerdcast. Uh, Pondering Films is a new one that should be coming out soon. Uh, Cheers and Queers. I was actually just listening to an episode of that on the way over here. Uh, so many shows for everything that you're interested in. If you're interested in ports, sports, there's a Let's Be Real Sports and uh, tons of other shows as well. So everything that you have an interest in, we have a show for it at the Gifted Sounds Network. So go to giftedsounds.com for all those other shows. And again, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you know somebody that's interested in MMA, interested in jujitsu, interested in boxing or anything martial arts related, tell them to check this out too because we want to get this as big and uh, get as many guests as we possibly can for you guys to listen to. I enjoy it, but of course we do it for for y'all too so we can uh, get you the more human side of martial arts this is Rich from Super Upper Punch see ya see ya